Good afternoon and welcome to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. Tony Lynn Collins and Cheryl Elsworth Jahani, we are two Texas, Texas licensed attorneys and we are here on IRLoneStar.com 104.5 and 106.1 every Tuesday from 12 to 1 answering your legal questions and talking about various legal topics. And you can also watch us and listen to us live on Facebook. And you can uh, message us with some questions if you uh, have anything you'd like to ask us. We'll try to get to those questions. But uh, today, we are going to talk about what happens in traffic court. We're going to talk about trial by judge and also uh, how to select a jury if you want to represent yourself. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and we just want to continue the discussion. and To finalize it, because we are trying to sort of put out there when you want to fight your ticket, because a lot of times you don't want to fight it. Right. I mean, it would just be ridiculous, and it would be inefficient, and because uh, you're going to lose. Mm-hmm. So why, if you really did it, uh, or there's a, a, there's a litany of other reasons why you may not want to fight your ticket, but if you truly believe that it's in your best interest to contest your ticket, then um, we kind of went over some uh, some different things to think about on our previous shows, and today we're actually going to jump, to, you know, take that leap that you've decided that it's in your best interest to contest this ticket, and uh, when you show up, to, uh, what to expect, uh, pretty much. And I just got another traffic ticket today. It was um, you got a ticket? No, no, not me. And I got another oh. client. Oh, okay. Uh, no, the last the last yeah, show we were talking about, you know, I got pulled over, and then mm-hmm. it was on Good Friday, and mm-hmm. the. The amazing uh, trooper stopped me because I had a headlight out, and mm-hmm. it was a really it was a good thing that mm-hmm. he stopped me. I know one likes to be pulled over, but had he not, I wouldn't have known because I'm, you know, completely oblivious to everything. I'm like, I, I was just w- watching a YouTube or reading a book or something about how, who was that? They're talking about. I forgot what it was, but it was this guy that was really, really, really smart. Not that I'm really smart, mm-hmm. but um, but he was just always sort of absent-minded, but he was always in the moment. That was what he liked to say. I'm not absent-minded. I'm mm-hmm. in mind of the moment. And that's kind of how I am a lot. And so this guy stopped me, and I was very, very happy that the trooper gave me a notice. But no, one of my um, one of uh, my, my beloved husband Jim's nurses that he works with got a ticket at her daycare uh, last Friday, and it was raining, just like it was just now. Devil's mm-hmm. beating his wife, because I know you never heard that. That's so funny. You never, never. heard that before. It was raining really hard, and it's sunny. And it just stopped. It was kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. It was raining really hard, and now it's sunny again. Mm-hmm. But anyway, she was dropping her kids off at their daycare, and she has twin little girls. They're like eight months old, I believe, really babies. And um, it was raining, and it was real trafficking, and it was on a major thoroughfare where they drop them off. And so there was no place to park, and so she pulled into the handicapped spot because she had two, the twins, and there was a policeman watching from across the street. And this um, Montgomery County Sheriff gave her a ticket for being in the handicapped spot in the pouring rain. Oh, She's night. like, what am I supposed to leave my babies in the car? And so Jim got a hold of me, and I'm like, Jim, I don't have time to take any more cases. Please, I'm too busy right now. He said, please. So um, I went ahead and I, you know, I, I put my motion into represent her because you should not get a ticket in an emergency situation. That yeah. is to protect the public. And had she parked at the only place available and had to walk across the street, she would have got hit by a car. One yeah. of her kids would have been could have gotten kidnapped or something, and it was raining. She could have slipped with them. No, that was ridiculous. So that's the kind of thing where you do want to fight it. And if you think that perhaps um, you won't get a fair shake because maybe the judge is uh, you know, good friends with, with the prosecutor, which um, I want to say... In Montgomery County, 
I'm just not seeing that. I'm not feeling it, as they say, because I think the judges, there's enough new prosecutors that are rotating in that they're That's not true. like really good friends with them. And yeah. um, they're pretty fair, the, mm -hmm. the justice I've been in. I've been in it, what we're going to say was, and I, I think if you've been in any of these, you can kind of help me out. But uh, when um, Judge Edie Connolly was in Montgomery Court, uh, the JP Court 3, mm -hmm. I was there a lot doing traffic tickets. And then mm -hmm. um, I've been in Judge Mack's court up north, Precinct 1, I've done a few traffic tickets, a few evictions, and you know it's been in their court and how they 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 operate, uh, seeing how they operate. Um, I was in um, the one in New Caney, and I think that may be uh, JP Court Four, and then there's one out way out west, which is the one that's over in Magnolia. That's JP Court Five, and I believe JP Court Two. I thought there's one downtown. Have I hit all of them? There's uh, Judge Max one. Uh, five is the one that's way out in Magnolia. Uh -huh. Four is the one in New Caney. Three uh -huh. is the one over here in um, Woodland. So I'm pretty sure two what is the a, one. What about the one over off of uh, 45 and uh, Little York? That's uh, Harris County. Uh, right. That's Harris County. Well, when you say downtown, what were you talking about? I was downtown talking uh, here, downtown oh, Conroe. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because, oh, I've been in a ton of the Harris County yeah. JP courts. Yeah. Right? I try to avoid those like the plague. I'm like, look, let's just do a motion for you know, time served, let's just go sit in jail and get rid of those tickets. I, I, the Harris County is a lot more crowded, but I will say this. When I've been to the Montgomery County um, courts, uh, when you go to Montgomery County Court 3, it's uh, there's so many people from the Woodlands there that it's it's packed. You yeah. wait out in the hall. Yeah. So you need to get an attorney if you have a JP Court 3, unless you just want to sit it out for a while because you're yeah. going to be, you know, it's a number, a mm -hmm. number's game. If you go to the one over in, um, in Magnolia, pretty fast and there's not many people there and they're uh, they all the prosecutors will usually work with you if, you, if you're reasonable um the uh, reasonable in that you've got a, a legitimate reason for contesting your ticket you're not yeah. just trying to you know dupe them or something mm -hmm. um the one over in um the one over in Duquesne I've always been to night court for some reason out there and I don't know if they don't have it during the day but it's always at night and um and that one's kind of crowded too come to think of it um anyway uh Judge uh, Judge Mack is like, I really like his court because he treats you so well. When you go in, he really treats you with a lot of respect, and so do the people that, that are. Great? When you go in, they, mm -hmm. they almost kind of greet you at the door, and there's a metal detector in that one, mm -hmm. which uh, I think that's different from the one. Uh, that's the only one I remember a metal detector. I don't know why he's got one up there, but um, he just they really treat you with a lot of respect in his court, and I really like him a lot. But anyway, that all being said, if you're going to contest your ticket, that's what we're talking about today. Mm -hmm. And now, have you been in any Montgomery County JP court, you know, contesting a ticket or an eviction or anything like that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was over in three uh, for a client. It was uh, it was uh, it was a domestic violence charge. It was, but it was in uh, JP court, mm -hmm. and yeah. And they have those on different days, just so you'll know if um, if you have a uh, they call it contact assault or usually if it's it's if it was domestic violence it would be a class B and you're going to come up here to the the county court. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It was what did you say it was? It's a contact assault. Yes, and that's usually right. you get that if it doesn't go to the level of of domestic violence because usually the people that if the police have been called over because there's a mutual fight mm -hmm. or there hasn't been something really severe that, but usually the, the, the sheriff, the sheriff shouldn't be making that determination, but really they've got a lot of sway and they're you, making that determination. You're, you're absolutely right. That is what happened. And then they go to the prop, they go to the district attorney who's on uh, call that night and they, they kind of lay out what they think, even though they're not attorneys, generally they've experienced enough. They know what it should be. 
And really the best case scenario when you're having a fight with your spouse or your significant other is, is it's a, a contact assault because those are so much easier to resolve. Usually, a, you know, an online um, uh, defensive, uh, what, what do you call it? An, an online course for uh, domestic violence. Yes. The, yes. Uh, or uh, maybe they make you go in person, but they're a lot easier to resolve than the ones that are going to take months and months, or you may end up in, you know, going to trial in oh, the county yeah, or district absolutely. court. Absolutely. You know, the thing. last thing, that you, the last person or people, group of people you want involved in a marital dispute are the cops. Yeah, you want to you keep the police out of it if possible. And yeah. usually people regret it after they've called. They do. But sometimes, like another girl I was helping in Harris County, yeah. um, she, for 20 years, put up with domestic violence, and she finally filed, uh, the, she finally filed for divorce, and... Part of the settlement was that uh, that uh, the agreement, the mediation, I don't know why they did this, was that she dropped the charges that were currently pending, and she agreed to that, and then he started reneging on his agreement in the mediation, and I didn't represent her. This is something that I was coming through as sort of an advisor, mm -hmm. and when I heard that, I'm like, oh my gosh, why would you do that? If, he's, if it's the truth, if he's beating you up, you're not doing anybody any favors because the next person he's with, he's going to do that too. Yeah. And um, the truth will set you free. You have to tell the truth. Sometimes they just need help. But sometimes if it's like chronic, then they need to have a really a come to Jesus mode in a real in a real way. Mm -hmm. uh, because there's something seriously wrong if you're yeah. if you're hurting your spouse and you mm -hmm. get that you feel like that's the way that you're going to make things better okay. mm -hmm. uh, or, or get control or whatever. Okay, so how to defend yourself in traffic court to get back on track here? Okay. Um, if you to believe it's in your best interest to contest your ticket, it is important to be prepared to present yourself in court. In traffic court, as in any other court, it is not your job to prove that you're innocent. It is the state's job to prove you're guilty of the traffic violations. And I say that, and it's really pretty easy. They just, it's your word against theirs most of the time. And they say, you rolled to the stop sign, or you were speeding, and it's really hard to contest that. So what do you do? Before you even go to court, it is wise to be prepared by getting copies of all the police reports. You can ask for it in advance, and if it's your ticket, you can get it, mm -hmm. okay? And if you don't get them to the day of court, go to court, get copies of it, and ask for a continuance. If you're representing yourself, you're entitled to look at it. Don't say anything. Don't plead with the prosecutor. Anything you say or do will be used against you. Yeah. Just look at what's there. Get a copy. Get your cell phone and take pictures. It's your report. You have a right to get pictures of it, okay? Mm -hmm. um, you have a right to copies of all the reports and the witness statements. You may not know that somebody was traveling behind you filming you the whole time until you get to court and find out. Yeah. And then maybe you need to plea because mm -hmm. maybe you were going 100 miles an hour down the freeway. Mm -hmm. uh, or maybe they did see you laughing and having a good time and, you know, throwing your pot out the car <laughs> Yeah, you're going. Um, so those are not good times to, um, to go to trial until you find out what they've got against you. And this goes with any fight. This goes with anything, with any kind of trial, not just traffic trial. Um, once you've obtained all the necessary documents, check your state vehicle code. Compare your own violation with the conduct that is stated in the code to make sure that you have a valid defense point. In other words, uh, when, the, when I'm talking about the code, I'm talking about the state of Texas statutes. You want to find out um, what your defenses are. Just like we talked about in the last show, mm -hmm. um, it is a defense. It, do you have an emergency defense if you're trying to take somebody to the hospital? Yes. And a, a, what a, other defenses would there be? Oh, I'm trying to think of the ones. If, if you're if you're avoiding something in the road, that's a defense. If you're not driving, uh, you're, you're not maintaining uh, your lane because you were abiding an obstacle. Mm -hmm. So that's a defense. Um, another one is going to be. Um, 
gosh, I can't think of there's a lot of them. But but you want to look to see what the code is. And if you And it's it up, in the traffic code? And it's a statute. The traffic code is a statute. Mm-hmm. They're all statutes in the state of Texas. Mm-hmm. So um, and if you go to the Department of Public Safety, they have all those laid out. And they actually have them separated out. They're not they're not just, you know, uh, I want to say they're in the traffic code. They may be a traffic code. I'm, like, I'm thinking penal code. The penal code has everything yeah. in it. Yeah, that's, if it's a crime, I was thinking it's a penal crime. too. Yeah. It's just that they break it out just like they have. Um, the, the property code has within it what's called the trust code. There's not a trust code. I mean, just kind of give you an example. There's not a trust code in the statutes. But within the, proper, the Texas property code is something called the trust code, mm-hmm. okay? So the same thing applies to the penal code. And if you Google it, particularly if you go to the Department of Public Safety, if it's a traffic offense, then you want to look at that. But that goes with almost anything. If you think you have an, a, a defense with an assault, go look it up, mm-hmm. you know? A, a, an attorney goes to law school, but but they don't. They may not be well-versed in this, and you need to, just like we were talking about before the show, you need to keep track of what your attorney's doing because they could be charging you $70,000 and not even showing up for court yet. No kidding. You know, and then they... No they and then they 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 fire you the client because you, they know that you've got money, and um, they're kind of holding you over a barrel. Yeah, and that's not right either. That's sort of report them to the ethics, you know, uh, committee, the state bar kind of stuff. Anyway, look yeah. up the uh, the state vehicle code, and that would be the, the Texas Department of Public Safety or anything you Google. You're probably going to come up to. You can Google a lot of stuff, but I would rely upon the actual statutes itself and not just what you Google. Now, it is important, and I tell this to everybody, including the girl that I just, uh, I just, uh, you know, took on our case with the two kids that was outside the daycare. It is so important to have the presence of mind when you get pulled over or if you are uh, in any situation where the police become involved. It is important to take pictures of the place where the incident happened to be able to prove that the state is wrong. Yeah. Okay. That's a parking ticket. Mm-hmm. That's a traffic ticket. You, we've got cell phones. We are in a day and age where you can record you can everything. Take, yeah. You take care of it right then because I asked her, I said, did you get pictures? It was raining that day. There was no place to park. She it, never thought about she it. Never th- I'm like, oh, my gosh. Just for one second, put your little kids back in the car seat and get their crying faces. Yeah. I mean, the, you're going to win just on that alone, mm-hmm. particularly if you have to get a jury and they won't work with you. Moreover, it is re- recommended, I'm reading this, but I just wanted to make sure that I got that. Um, it is recommended to check a car's odometer to be sure that the odometer is not broken. Um, I don't even know why you'd want to check the car's odometer, but I guess that's your thing that's showing whether you're speeding or not. I have never had a broken odometer. I don't know if that's something you need to check. I guess you could go to your 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 local mechanic and look at that. But I'll tell you what, I've had some people that they are have been in serious serious trouble with the law, and I've and I wouldn't even have guessed that their cars were they had a problem with their car, but they've gone to the mechanic and said, look, they pulled me over. I got pulled over for having a a bad brake light, and mm-hmm. I just had it fixed, right. and or I didn't know this at the time. And um, that's a defense Mm -hmm. to show that I had it fixed or it was broken or my brakes weren't working or my odometer. If you you seriously have that defense, if it's the truth, if your car is not functioning properly, then you better give your attorney or you better do it for yourself. You need to go to a mechanic and get them to print out what is wrong with your car. They've checked it out. This was wrong. I did this before and I didn't fix it properly. Because that's a defense. Mm -hmm. Your car is broken. Okay. Right. Um, during traffic court, it's very important to take, make a good impression, make sure that you're dressed nicely and have a pleasant attitude. Uh, and remember that they're just doing their job. They're the people in the court, the bailiff, the prosecutor. 
uh, other people there. They're just doing their job. You have yeah. to be, just be pleasant. It's right. just something that happened. We don't know that God didn't want you to be there for some reason that maybe you needed to help somebody. Yeah. There's a reason you're there, so be pleasant about the whole thing and just take it all with, I'm going to do the very best I can and, 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 and honor God while I'm there, okay? So be pleasant. Um, it's highly recommended that you call the judge your honor, and when you speak to him or her, uh, try your very best not to argue with the judge. Even though you may feel like you're an uppity doctor, you're used to bossing people around because you're the boss, you have a you know a billion-dollar company, right. you are not the boss of that court, the judge is, and you better be really polite when you go in there and be very humble. Mm-hmm. Humility is the most important characteristic you're going to have walking in there. Mm-hmm. The second one is being prepared and having confidence. Humility and confidence. You would think those are there's a dichotomy there. There's not. Right. You can be confident while still being humble. You better be humble and polite going to that courtroom or you're not going to do very well. That's right. The judge will put you in your place. And I know that Dick was telling us that we had to take a little break. Oh, he was? Okay. <laughs> I talked over. All right. Well, listen, Tony and I are here today talking about traffic court and how to represent yourself. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. and online listeners. Thank you so very much for checking out Jazzy Vibes with Soul. What? You haven't done so yet? Well, you've got to tune in. Hi, I am the host of Jazzy Vibes with Soul, Miss C.C. Holmes, and I invite you to check us out every Friday and Saturday from 7 until 9 p.m., where you will get the best in old-school R&B, and of course, a little smooth jazz to make it jazzy. So tune in. That's right, tune in. Every Friday and Saturday right here on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 FM or worldwide at IRLongestar.com. Path to the Plate is a research-based education program that helps consumers understand how their food choices impact their health by making the connection to agriculture. Learning about how food is grown and produced and how consumers can make better food choices for themselves and their families, Path to the Plate is all about dispelling myths and misconceptions. Find out more online at pathtotheplate.tamu.edu. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. A Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show with monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936 647 3776 to take your first step into the radio world. Have a legal question? Are you a resident of Montgomery County? Call 281-645-6344 to talk to a volunteer attorney from the Woodlands Bar Association. We answer the phones on the first Monday of every month at 281-645-6344 from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m to provide general legal information and information about legal resources to Montgomery County residents. Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out ourlonestar.com sponsor for more information. 
or call in and leave us a message at 936-647-3776 with your questions. Get seen on TV, YouTube, and heard on our podcast, FM, and Internet Radio. Support your local radio station with Lone Star Community Radio. Welcome back to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. Uh, Tony and I are here today talking about representing yourself in traffic court. Uh, we're going to get to uh, whether it's a trial by judge or jury. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, Tony, I think that you made a good point that uh, that there are times that you want to represent yourself and times you don't want to represent yourself. But, uh, you know, we were talking during the break about uh, people in court. And- Humility versus confidence and why there's such a dichotomy and and where do you get the strength even when you're so afraid to go yeah, forward on it's the simplest thing that's that's what is i i notice over and over and as an attorney i forget how scared people are in court how upset they are how stressed out they are and you know i mean i guess in a way it's easy for me because it's not my case ca- i mean i'm not the one that is uh i'm afraid because i want to represent them too i don't want to let them down but right the same thing applies to even when you're um like in my skating competitions and you step out on the ice and it is just like they said, the ice is slippery. You may fall, but you have to kind of pull from your strength from within being humble at the same time, confident, but in more, more particularly in court, because you have to speak and you have to, uh, you're going to have to perform and you're going to have to influence and persuade. So what, what, and we were looking for something that would give us sort of that direction. And you were telling me over our break when, you, you were you were pulling from a scripture which I loved. What, uh-huh. what I don't that? remember the exact reference, but I believe it's in Romans. And um, uh, Paul was uh, talking to the, I believe it was in Romans. He was talking to the Romans, and he was said, you know, I've been walking around your great city, and there are all these statues, to all these different gods. You guys are so uh, religious. Uh, and I even, uh, yeah, <laughs> I even saw a statue to the unknown God. And then Paul went on to say, you know, it's him that I want to talk to you about and, um, proclaim him to you. I started talking about, you know, the God of the Bible and, uh, Paul made this statement that I thought was just awesome, uh, that says in him for it's in him, we live and move and have our being. And, you know, we were talking during the break about, you know, how our clients just get so scared, so nervous in court. Me too, though. Yeah. And uh, if we could just relax and and know that it's all, it's going to be okay. You know, in him, we live and move and have our being. Nothing's going to come at us that we can't handle. It's going to be okay. And just have a level of peace. And I think with the peace comes confidence that you're going to be able to do what you need to do. The humility to know that it's out of your hands, really. It's really kind of all in God's hands. But to still be prepared, not humility, it's out of my hands. I'm scared because I'm not prepared. I'm not doing it. Right. But I've got the humility of knowing that it's not in my hands. It's really all in God's hands. Yeah. And I'm all, I can only live through him because this is this is happening for a reason. I'm either fighting it for a reason or, you know, or, so I may meet somebody that's going to watch and get something from it, whatever it may be. But you have to be prepared is what we're going over today. You, and see, that's when I get stressed. If I if I feel like I'm prepared, but I think there may be other things that I needed to do to get prepared or whatever. Because you don't have the experience to know that there may be something that you just didn't know that everybody else knows. And there, it's going to be a gotcha moment for the other side. Right. Um, fortunately, with traffic tickets, I don't think there's ever going to be a gotcha moment because usually the prosecutors 
are fairly new. They're they're nice people, but sure. believe it or not, I think I think for the most part, mm-hmm. uh, we'll have to say this because we're talking about ourselves and we're we're not humble about this. But uh, people that go to law school are, are uh, attorneys are actually nice people for the most part, unless somehow they get possessed or tainted or something, <laughs> which I know a lot of them too. Uh, they've been my opposing counsel from time to time. And uh-huh. some of the people that, that come up to us and they charge, when they're all about the money, they definitely get tainted. I mean, that's right. really bad because it's the love of the money. But um, the uh, when they, uh, I lost my train of thought thinking about the love of the money. And you were talking about of, the prosecutors, and I think you were going to say a lot of them are young and fresh Yeah, out they're of young, law and they, they, they have good hearts, and they're human. They're people like you are too. And if you tell them the story of what's going on and have a legitimate basis for your t- you know your ticket or what the case being mm-hmm. uh being dismissed they're pretty nice people and um you know given that they probably have to get authority from their uh supervisor to uh, maybe it's something that's a little bit more severe dismissed um, they're going to work with you and i think they have a better time working with attorneys because attorneys know exactly what to get at very quickly that's the benefit of having an attorney right. they're gonna very quickly hit the finer points of why they're not going to win uh, are better yet why you will win, but it's really their case to prove that you're you're guilty. But traffic court's a different story because it's so hard to prove. It's so hard to fight a ticket because it's he said she said. But that being said, um, they're usually pretty nice people and they're 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 humble. And but being they're not going to do a gotcha thing because there's not a lot to traffic court and a gotcha moment. A gotcha moment's when um, it, it's like maybe it's risen to the level of a DWI and you're not in traffic court anymore. You're in district right. court right. Um, or, or county court if it's only the first two. Um, and they've got somebody behind you that's called it in, and they're videotaping you, weaving down the street the whole time. That's different. The only thing you're going to have, like in traffic court, is uh, maybe the policeman was, you know, he got you speeding. And it could be, if you're going fast enough, you're endangering somebody, it's not going to be in traffic court anymore. So these are not offenses where you're going to go to jail. This is offense, these are offenses like public intoxication, um, where you probably shouldn't have been arrested, but you were, and you can get out of it that way or whatever. But that all being said, preparation, humility, have enough humility to know that you have to be prepared, complete preparation, and then um, the confidence when you go in that you've got God walking with you on your side, that you've said your prayers, that that you can hold your own. Don't be mm-hmm. afraid. Mm-hmm. Don't be so you know, humble that you're afraid to talk. Speak up for yourself. You know, don't be mm-hmm. bullied. Okay. But right. now that being said, um, furthermore, uh, make sure if you do have witnesses, if you've got a traffic court, let's go back to traffic court. And I do. What you're saying about what Paul said, and, and uh, it's almost like, you know, God walking with you. It's that little, the footsteps where, mm-hmm. you know, the two footsteps and then suddenly there's only one set. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel when I go into trial, no matter if it's good, bad, or ugly, no matter what my my um, my facts are. If the other side's going to lose miserably, I feel bad for them because they haven't, they don't have the foresight to settle. Mm-hmm. If I, If it's kind of a, if it's a divide, because there's something maybe I don't know. I may learn while I'm going. Mm-hmm. I never go to trial, though, if I don't think I'm going to win. Because why would I do that? I mean, I'm going to settle or accept, you know, I'm going to... I'll only go to trial if my, my client can't be convinced. And generally, I'm pretty persuasive. I let them know up front. It's going to cost you a whole lot more. Because I'm going to charge you more. Because I'm going to be fighting for something that that's going to be a lot harder to win than you know. And I like to win. So um, so there's a lot of things that go into it. But um, I usually don't charge my cut rate fee if I think that I'm going to be fighting something that's going to be just a holy terror to win because the facts are so bad. But, and again, what was the, the, the phraseology or the, the scripture where it's... In the, him we live and move and have our being. Right, no, it's when you're going to court, you should settle. Oh, settle with your enemy on the way. Yeah. Yes. Last, when you get there, you get turned over to the bailiff and the judge and you'd be made to pay back in full. Yeah, that's, that's a very, very critical for, for criminal 
because you're losing your um, your freedom because you may go to jail. Yeah. But um, it goes for civil too. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. If, if Be you reasonable. Really, if uh, if the other side uh, and I will just kind of throw this out there, the other side may have one in you know, uh, pre-trial or, you know, maybe the temporary in- injunction or they may have won in trial court. They may have won in the appellate court. They may have won in the Texas Supreme Court. But ultimately, just like cases like uh, Roe v. Wade, not that that's a good one as an example as a Catholic, but um, there's uh, many cases that go all the way to the Supreme Court where, like the cake baking um, uh, thing yeah, that was recent. the homosexual marriage. Yeah, where the Supreme Court determined that it's not they do have a choice. You yeah. don't. You should not have to bake a cake if it's against your religion. Mm-hmm. You know, if you go all the way to Supreme Court with something, it could be that the courts were wrong all the way along. And if you've got enough strength to fight it, like one of our clients wants to fight a, a case that, you know, we're fighting with her about it because we just feel like it's such a difficult case to win. But she's mm-hmm. got so much energy and so much faith that she's going to win that she's just ready to go. Then you really do need to fight it. Don't let anything get you down, ever. If you really feel like that, that God is behind you on this, that you've got... Um, it, it, that the, the 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 facts support that you should be victorious for for the principle, if nothing else, then you really do need to fight it because it may be why you know like the purpose built life. It may be along the journey in your way of failing that you're going to ultimately win, and it's going to give somebody the strength to go forward on their own. Now, uh, I didn't mean to get on a tangent on that, but it's just that people get let down when they lose, and a lot of times, um, it, just losing to one jury or losing in court, it may not be what's supposed to happen. You know, in your heart, right. So it takes a lot of prayer and a lot of looking up cases and that kind of thing. And a lot of preparation, you know? A lot of preparation, and, yes. And I, I really think that, so, so okay, these people, they've decided this is, they're going to re- represent themselves. So they need the evidence. You mm-hmm. know, you were saying take pictures. Take pictures. You want to look at other cases to see if other cases like yours have been won. There's traffic ticket courts you can look at, mm-hmm. uh, cases in court. Mm-hmm. Um, but in any case, again, you want to look at other historically the Bible, a history book, you want to look historically at something to see how it turns out, okay, mm-hmm. given your similar facts. That's mm-hmm. what all attorneys are going to do for the most part. And, and so then, they, they go to court that mm-hmm. day, right? So, yes. Um, you need to make sure you got your pictures uh, and, and your, your witnesses. If you're set for trial, don't go to court that you're going to get a continuance. You have your witnesses. And if you are the defendant, you don't have to disclose your witnesses to the prosecution. Only if they're an expert, you have to disclose them. If it's just the witnesses that are there, and a lot of times your witnesses may actually sort of be experts if it's in front of a jury, all right? Mm-hmm. So um, you're going to show up there with your witnesses, have your pictures, be dressed well. Witnesses often can verify and support your version of things and the events and can help you get your ticket dismissed because they were there in the car with you. The policeman may not even have known that you had a sleeping kid in the back who was like 12. Maybe they didn't look in the back. Yeah. You know, and maybe the kid was awake the whole time and maybe he was filming it the whole time. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to let the police know you're filming. Mm-hmm. In fact, you probably shouldn't because it would probably aggravate them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have passengers in the car, considering putting them on the witness stand, um, let's see, make sure to take advantage of your legal right to cross-examine the police officer who wrote the ticket. Very important. We're going to go over that. You want to ask them questions because just them giving their their version of things, that's just their version of things. Well, what kind of questions would they ask him? We have got a whole litany of questions that we're going, they're actually in our printouts that gives you a kind of a chronological setup of what you're going to ask. And the questions are going to be, you're going to be very polite and let them tell their story. If they if you if they try to say something that's hearsay, of course you're going to object, and we're going to your objections are like, uh, I guess um, here's a, a good example. The police officer says, "Well, you know, we got a call in on the radio, and uh, the the per- the person behind him said they were going 120 miles an hour and ran over a, a dog." Uh, before that, he the minute you hear the police officer start to say, "We got a call," 
objection hearsay because we didn't get a call. Yeah. And it, no matter what that call that came in, he can't say what he heard. He can only say what he said. Mm-hmm. He can say what he observed. He doesn't get to talk about what he heard. That's the biggest thing with police officers. They can't go in there and start talking about it. They can't talk about what's on the police report either. That's why you get to see up front what they're going to say. So you want to get that stuff up front. But if they start talking about what they heard, the minute you say, well, uh, I heard or they said, you want to jump up like a bunny and say objection hearsay because mm-hmm. you're gonna, that judge is going to sustain that objection. It doesn't matter if you've never done this before or not. Just be prepared, all right? Now, during cross-examination, try to remain calm and treat the officer with respect because he does get to say what he saw and he does get to say what he said, okay? And he's, most of his testimonies can be what he, on what he saw, mm-hmm. okay? It may be what he saw running across the screen and he read, but he saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, if the police officer tries to ask you, ask if the police officer tries to ask you questions, object to it and let him know that he's not allowed to practice law. Mm-hmm. So if you're representing yourself, you can object to him asking questions. Even if he's asking you, he can't ask you, were you smoking pot that day? Yeah. Objection relevance. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, you wouldn't be in that, it wouldn't be a traffic ticket case. It would be something more. Um, it is highly advisable not to request a jury trial since often jurors are not sympathetic to a defendant in traffic violation cases. But a lot of times you need a jury because you can see that the entire court is aligned with the officer. Right. He may be the most popular officer in town, but he just he's your next-door neighbor and didn't like that your dog barks all the time. Mm-hmm. So you got to be real careful, which reminds me. the um, And I know we have to take a break, but the gal that just won the election, it was a runoff election for the mayor of Kima, is a Facebook friend of mine, Terry Gales. Yeah. And um, she, her next-door neighbors for years, like 10 years back, were harassing her about her dog barking. And they they filmed her, and it was really bad. And so she finally just stepped up the plate and ran for mayor, and now she's the mayor. Well, good for her. <laughs> so beware. Uh, but before we, but <laughs> before we take a break, I want to say, too, uh, if an officer uses notes, you can object to those. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. at, you, you know, be careful. Watch them. Are they – officers, a lot of times, use notes if they don't re- refresh their mind mm-hmm. about what happened before they get uh, – before they show up to court. Yes. You mm-hmm. can object and ask to see them and review them and yeah. ask mm-hmm. that a proper foundation – Well, they can't read off the notes. They're They're entitled to refresh their memory with those notes. But you can say, Your Honor, may I approach and read the notes they're reading off of before they say anything. Mm-hmm. So you wouldn't object and be able to review what they're reading. Because mm-hmm. what if they've got a whole dialogue waiting for them just to spill out? And I had done a case early on, like 20 years ago, and the uh, defendant was up there reading off her notes. But it was really her lies that she wanted to keep up with. And I got oh, to go and, and, and I got to look at her notes and then I knew what she was gonna say and and we ended up winning the case. Oh, and I wasn't even you. that good. I just need to look at her notes. Good for you. Okay, uh, we are gonna take a quick break. We are talking about how to represent yourself in traffic court and uh, question witnesses. And we'll be right back after the break and continue the discussion. Don't miss Lone Star Community Radio on TV and YouTube. Our talk show and music shows are featured on Our City TV, Suddenlink Channel 12, and have their own YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe to keep up with posted shows and comment on them below the video. We have the safest food supply in the world. Strict laws and regulations restrict the usage of hormones, antibiotics, and pesticides within our food supply. Production agriculture practices and technologies such as the use of GMOs which is not any more or less risky than conventional crop production, has allowed American farmers to produce more food on less acres in environmentally sound ways. Find out more online at 
www.tamu.edu. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make lives better. Hispanic Chamber Connections with Dr. Carlos Sanchez, president of the Woodlands-Conroe Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, featuring event announcements, member highlights, and more. Tuesdays at 1 p.m., broadcasting from the heart of Conroe, Texas, on IRLoneStar.com and Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. Welcome back to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. Today we are talking about representing yourself in traffic court. And uh, so, Tony, we, before the break we were talking about you've got the police officer on the stand, this, the officer's shown up. Um, I just want our listeners to know, so what do you do if the officer doesn't even show up? That's the, uh, you already know if the officer hasn't showed up mm -hmm. that you're going to request that the judge, you're going to move that the judge dismiss the case okay. because they cannot make their case without a witness. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that is the best case scenario. That happened to me one time I was about mm -hmm. 16 years old and I was contesting this ticket. I shouldn't <laughs> have gotten it. And the officer didn't show up. And so I said uh, to the judge, what do I do with this? Your honor held up the ticket and the judge looked at me and said, frame it. <laughs> Yeah, but I'll tell you what, when I was in the JP Court 4 uh, in Harris County, um, I guess it's Precinct 1, uh, Pre Precinct 4, Place 1, whatever it is, over there at Cypresswood, um, they, they, the way they group it is they, before you even want to say anything, they'll, they'll start calling out um, who's dismissed because they know the officer's not there. Oh, okay. And All so, right. and they don't even, they don't even, you don't even have to bother with that. So they just start saying, your case is dismissed. Your case, and everyone's like, yay, yay, why am I not dismissed? I want to wait. Uh -huh. But wait longer because it could be that your officer's there and after they had a chance to talk to the officer, he doesn't want to go forward with it because he doesn't remember your case for the most sure. part. And if you've reset it, like we talked about in some of the other shows a number of times, it could be that the officer, um, he shows up, but he doesn't remember your case because he's got a group of them on a certain day or it's so old that he doesn't remember. Mm -hmm. But if you made a, a, a fuss with them, he's going to remember you. That's why sure. you want to be polite when they pull you over. That's now, right. Now, the one thing where, before we get into this other part, which I you have a whole bunch of stuff you're going to tell us about, uh, is the best defense. You were going to ask me about defenses earlier. The best, the best defense in court, um, other than the, the police officer not being there, um, to prove that you should not have a ticket for particularly in speeding or if it's one of the red light cameras, or if it's going through the tollway, is it's not your vehicle that was scanned by their scanner or the speeding, or it was not you driving the car if it was if it was your vehicle, and it's it's sort of lame because they, they really grill you on it, like particularly on the red light tickets, and they don't have them in Harris County anymore, and I'm not sure where they have them. They do have them in some places in Texas. Um, you have to, um, they give you this litany of questions like, because um, you just mail them and there's not even any court for those tickets. Mm -hmm. uh, who is driving your car? They, they, they try to get to you to find out who they can give the ticket to if it wasn't you. Mm -hmm. But um, if they can't prove it's your car, if it's the wrong angle for speeding, which is a really, you need an expert for that. But if they can't prove it's your car, they can't prove it was you driving because you've got, you know, like you're short or whatever, they just can't see it was you. They can't give you the ticket. That's a really, that's the best defense. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Well, so so now we have a police officer who has shown up and he's on the stand. Um, so we want to ask him some questions. What if, you know, the officer presents evidence you requested well before trial, but you never received? You should make an objection. Mm -hmm. He's referring to his notes, a copy which I requested several weeks ago. Um, I mean, it could have been a mistake. It sounds like it wasn't. Uh -huh. But, um, yeah, you need to definitely object to, in fact, you want to do that right away if you haven't seen anything or if they start referring to something that 
you've asked for and you didn't get. Now, normally in a criminal case, you have to, in a criminal case, because of the, um, oh, what are they, what is the name of that case? It's a Brady material. They're mm -hmm. required under mm -hmm. United States versus Brady, which mm -hmm. is another United States Supreme Court case, to provide you all um, evidence that it's would exonerate you. Right. And they usually pretty much give you all of it. But a lot of times they get sneaky and they just leave a few witness statements out mm -hmm. that would be helpful because maybe the police officer is kind of snippy. And I'm talking about a very small percentage of, of prosecutors or police officers or, the, or that this, you know, kind of bad that they wouldn't give it to you. It would more than likely be a mistake. Mm -hmm. But um, that's when you, particularly if you're pro se, they're going to give you the benefit of the doubt. You would say, uh, Your Honor, may we approach? I didn't receive this. I'd either like a continuance to review it because it's taken me by surprise, which is a reason for a continuance, or uh, I'd like to exclude a, a, it. I need a time, a little time to review this because this is. Um, you know, I'd asked for it, and it's putting me at a disadvantage. Mm -hmm. So surprise is the big one to get a continuance. But it could be once you see it, it's legit, and you want to negotiate to settle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, what if uh, the officer says something that's clearly outside of their knowledge? Well, that's that has to be hearsay, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because how would they know? If, yeah. if they haven't seen it or, uh, or they didn't say it and they can't hear it, there's some ways of getting around hearsay, but if they've heard it, like on the phone... Uh, particularly, they can get hearsay if it's a 911 call because it's a government record. So they can get around another officer statement, another government statement, a 911 statement. A recording is not hearsay yeah. because they can, if they can get it authenticated, it has to be authenticated. Mm -hmm, so. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, uh, so how to ask questions of your witnesses. It's difficult for an inexperienced person to ask just the right questions. Um, I think it's the easiest way for people to think about asking questions of a witness is chronological order. I always do that. It doesn't, you know, it's not always the best method. Like we were in court last week and because, because there was so much going on, it would have been a war and peace. Um, you know, we would have been there for uh, two years and the judge would have been cobwebbed because there were so many things we would have had to do to go chronologically. There were so many little things. So we decided to revamp the way presented it and go with the, the most important things that were done wrong first, because mm -hmm. otherwise we were going to lose the judge. It wasn't mm -hmm. even a jury trial. Mm -hmm. And the judges, um, a lot of times you need to set the pace for things, but if the judge has an idea, he doesn't need that. But in traffic court, it, it's only going to be a small window yeah. of time. You definitely want to go chronological. You're not giving them a war and peace situation. Mm -hmm. You want to just kind of start out with, even if you want to start out when you got in your car, mm -hmm. it can't be that long. So chronological yeah. is good for traffic tickets. Um, so, so say like your witness is the person that was the passenger in your car, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, just start out at the beginning. Where were we going? Where were you going? Uh, your first witness, right. I right. have them state their name for the court and how they know you. It doesn't uh -huh. matter if they're biased or not. They're still a witness if they were there. You want to establish that it's relevant by saying, what day were you with me? Why were you with me? You know, and you're leaving it all open-ended because remember, if they're, and you know this, this is for our listeners, if the person that you're asking questions of is adverse to you, and that would be the officer mm -hmm. or maybe an officer's witness, you can ask questions that are yes or no. And if they try to elaborate, you can say objection, non-responsive. Mm -hmm. So if you know, you want to write them out in advance, isn't it true that you were not even on I-45, um, you know, uh, your, your car was, was, not, was not behind me, it was... It was face. It was on a side street, you know, teeing me. You couldn't see it. And isn't it true that um, that you weren't even on duty that day? Or isn't it true that you have a quota? I mean, you can ask a million "isn't it true" questions, and they can't stop you. The judge isn't going to say you only have thirty minutes. 
you could do that all day. Now, the judge might be mad and a jury might be mad if you do that. So mm -hmm. you want to make it relevant. But mm -hmm. certainly, if you want to set out in your cross-examination or, or even in your direct, and the, the state gets to go first because it's their case. So you're going to be cross-examining the, uh, the officer after he's given his story. You want to have everything yes or no and setting out your story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so, for example, uh, don't ask, did you see a truck pass my car before the witness says anything about a truck being present? Instead, you first ask, did you see any other vehicles traveling in my direction? When the witness says, yes, I saw a big truck, then it's time to ask him about the truck. Okay. Isn't it true that the truck this, or isn't it true? Uh, unless, unless it helps you for them to elaborate. I mean, a lot of times you'll get pulled over and it's just ludicrous. You're not the right person. It's not the right car. You weren't speeding. Um, there was no reason for you to be pulled over. A lot of other people were speeding around you. All the age-old reasons that, that are good. They're not great legal defenses, but they're the truth. So you may just want to find out what's going on. Maybe the truth of the matter, isn't it true that you're my next-door neighbor and you don't like my dog barking and that's why we're here? Yeah. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> Uh, you need to ask, I think you uh, hit on this, but you didn't use the word non-leading questions, open-ended questions, what you just said. Mm -hmm. You want to ask them non-leading questions, open-ended questions when they're your witness. Right. What you've been talking about, cross-examination, isn't it true, blah, blah, blah. That's when you're interviewing uh, or questioning the officer. Yeah, cross-examination. That would be beautiful if you could ask your own witness yes or no questions because a lot of times you're trying to get them to answer the way you need them to, yeah. and they don't really know where you're going with it. Well, what were you doing that day? Mm -hmm. And, you know, they may be like, well, uh, you know, I went to a movie. No, no, no. What were you? And so you have to redirect them. Um, you have to say, isn't it, not even isn't it true, but with regard to the traffic stop, weren't you sitting in my car? That's a yes or no question, but you tried to get them into, you know, and they're looking at you like, what do you want from me? So you have to, you can't just say, come to court. I'm going to ask you questions. You have to say, look, I'm coming to court. You were sitting next to me. I got this ticket. You knew, or maybe you didn't tell me the truth. I mean, you, you don't want to put on a stand if they're going to tell the truth and it doesn't help you. Right. <laughs> so do you want to, I mean, maybe you need to plead out if that's the case. Or maybe mm -hmm. they were asleep and they couldn't help you. Mm -hmm. You don't want to get on the stand and say, well, yeah, I was in the car with them, but I was sleeping the whole time. I don't remember a thing. Mm -hmm. Or, yeah, I was in the car, but I was trying so hard to hide their pot that I wasn't paying attention yeah. to you. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't be good. Yeah, that would be a bad thing. Uh, you need to avoid irrelevant details when you're asking your um, your witness some questions. I think you just kind of covered that. Mm -hmm. And don't ask questions that assume facts that the witness hasn't testified to because that's that's not the purpose of having your witnesses. You want to make sure that it's clean and it's quick and it's on point because a lot of times the witness may say something that hurts you and they'll jump all over it. So you don't want to, like, make it a dialogue, but you certainly want to kind of, particularly if they're telling the truth. I tell my witnesses so they don't get afraid. And you want to subpoena them if they're a... a, a a witness that doesn't want to be there and you know that'll help you. A lot of people don't want to go to court. Yeah. They don't want to go to court because they're not legal, here legally, which mm -hmm. won't, they're not going to get arrested if they're, because they're not going to know up front that this person's not legal. And so, and you need them there. I get that all the time in my real district felony cases. I have a bunch of witnesses and none of them are here legally and none of them want to show up for court. And I've got to subpoena them. It's hard enough getting them subpoenaed, you know, sir, because you don't know where they're at, what their real names are, but you've got to have them. And they're like, oh, Miss Tony, I'm really going to help you, but I really don't want to be there. And they've got to be there. And they'll say, I'll do anything but be there. And then you get them subpoenaed. And then they're fine because they tell the truth on the stand, but you've got to calm them down. And they're mad. They don't want to be there. You got me subpoenaed and I'm going to be here. Uh, but then they realized in the long run it was helpful. It was to serve God by serving others, and they were there to tell the truth of what they saw. And it's exactly when they just tell the truth, it's exactly what the jury needs to hear or the judge. But usually when I'm in a felony trial, so I've got a jury trial. Traffic tickets, just like we said, a lot of times they don't want you to have a jury because if you haven't done it before, then um, it helps you because the, the court doesn't want you to have a jury. It's a waste of time for them. 
On the other hand, if you go forward and you know what you're doing, it will help you if you kind of follow some of our guidelines. Uh, but if a jury sees you not really knowing what you're doing and fiddling around, it looks like you're just trying to waste time, they're not going to look favorably on that. So you don't want a jury for that. Mm -hmm. if, if you're not confident enough, just go before the judge. Okay, so after we've, we've questioned our witnesses, that's when we go in and we make our closing statements, right? Mm -hmm. Our closing arguments. Well, if you have a jury, uh, just real, real quick, because I know we don't have much time left in the show and we don't want to have to go over traffic tickets again, but uh, your case may or may not be eligible for, for a jury trial. So before you ask for one, be sure that it's eligible. Traffic tickets are eligible for jury trials, like child custody issues and some other issues um, for like injunctive relief or not, but that's not what we're talking about today. So be sure first before you ask for one, you can have a jury. You request a jury from the judge, and that's when you get a ticket, you're going to say up front, I want a jury, all right? Uh, you usually have to pay for it um, if you're in county or district court, but not if it's criminal, because that's uh, your right to a jury is, is, is a free one. Civil court, you're going to have to pay. Uh, you make a request, you pay the fee if it's civil, you have jury selection. Jury selection is um, when the, the in traffic court, in particular, you're going to have about 30 people that they get, uh, prospective jurors from the community. They may be aligned with the judicial system because um, they're civic-minded and they're there, and so they're automatically going to be leaning toward the judge and the bailiff and the, you know, they're going to be government-leaning mm -hmm. because... Um, because that's the type of people they are. But on the other hand, if you present yourself well, they're going to be leaning your way if they see the facts are completely wrong. You were mm -hmm. improperly stopped because you had a, a police officer who was in a bad mood or something. Mm -hmm. um, you want to question your jurors. You want to do a board dire. You're going to ask them. You know, you're going to deselect three of them, basically, not on racially discrimination thing or gender or anything like that. But you're going to pick the first three people that are in the row that are numbered that um, that you don't want. And as long as it's not a discriminatory basis, mm -hmm. you just get them off the jury. They may yeah. be someone that's looking at you crooked. The state does the same thing. Your jury's going to be the, the, the first six people they choose. Uh, you can challenge a juror if they may have, um, if, if for, for cause, meaning that after questioning them, they uh, are related to the police officer mm -hmm. or uh, the, what, anyway, it's a challenge for cause. They may, you may know automatically and tell the judge. You may not know what the reason is, but you know they shouldn't be one of your jurors, and it's legitimate. That and that they may tell you may be for cause, and you may not even know it, but you could you know mm -hmm. it's instinctive. Mm -hmm. uh, peremptory really challenges. Not, not that that word scare you. The peremptory challenges are the ones that you just get to pick the first three right off the top. Okay. So then after you get your jury seated, you get to do an opening statement. Generally, mm -hmm. I didn't speed because there's no way. Blah 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 blah. You can pretty much say whatever you want. I'm going to show you. And this is what I always do. I'm going to show you in the trial that this is what my evidence is going to prove. And and you don't, and then after you've done the trial and we've asked all the questions, you've had the cross-examination and everything, this is what you're talking about is the closing statement where I showed you this and you saw the evidence. So mm -hmm. you do a little closing statement mm -hmm. and then they get to deliberate. All right. They deliberate. And you're and found they, innocent. And you feel that's good, right. You know. Yay. And you even represented yourself. All right. Well, listen next week. We're going to be here on 104.5 and 106.1. And you can listen to us live on Facebook. And we're Tony and Cheryl helping you through your legal situations. We want you to always remember. To serve God by serving others. Have a great week, guys. <laughs>